if you think you're going to continue to meet your mission, as is under the stress of deployments and war, you're fooling yourself. Capacity is diminishing across the forces. This is the Military Sherpa Podcast. Left, right, left leadership insights from America's best. With your Military Sherpa, Mark Tilshire. Welcome back to the Military Sherpa Podcast. It's time for our midweek mindset. And today's quote is, the soldier is the army. And this quote comes from General, of course, George S. Patton. So the soldier is the... And where this quote comes in today is I want to share something that I talk about pretty frequently. So you may have heard me talk about this before, but our military environment has changed. Back in the day, 9-11, you know, it changed the world landscape and we became an expeditionary force. And I was having a conversation with someone, which was a great conversation, and they were telling me about this program and this project that they were working on and how cool it was and, and how the program was going to solve this multi-billion dollar problem that the military was having, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then Russia invaded Ukraine. And we went from being an expeditionary force to now preparing for a Russia-China possibly conflict. And everything that the military used to be, right? This, hey, we're deployed all over the world. At least the U.S. military were deployed all over the world. And we need to uh, be ready to move at a moment's notice. We're going to deploy and we have rotation and people are one-on, one-off. And all these things that happened, like literally overnight, it all changed. And our leaders, since at least since I've been in the military, at least since I've been in the military, 2018 or so, our leaders started talking about this idea that our next battle, our next conflict will be peer-to-peer in nature. Our next conflict is not going to be asymmetrical. Our next conflict is not going to be us versus guerrilla warfare. That in all likelihood, if there's a next conflict, and I pray to God that there isn't, but that if there is a next conflict, our next conflict will be symmetrical in nature. It'll be a near-peer adversary. It'll be jets on jets, tanks on tanks, soldiers on soldiers. And if that doesn't scare the absolute living hell out of you, it should. Nobody wins that next war. Nobody. But that's the war that we're preparing for. And in my day, our military, as far as I'm concerned, was defined by this idea that we can take a bomb and we could drop it out a chimney anywhere on earth and film it and then play it the next day on CNN and MSNBC, Fox News, whatever. Like that's what defined us. My pride in our military was that technologically we were so advanced we could do anything, anywhere, anytime. And our senior leaders say, well, hey, that's not a thing anymore. We can't just do anything, anywhere, anytime. It's not part of uh, our strategic vision anymore because our adversaries in all likelihood will prevent us from being able to do so and that technological gap is now being bridged quickly way too fast for any of our liking and they tell us that instead it's going to be our people that are going to differentiate us it's going to be our people or specifically our ability to innovate that's going to make the difference and if you haven't come to grips with the reality that those days are over now's the time your senior leaders obviously have they've been beating this drum for years And when it comes to us, we have to understand that our people are our competitive advantage. It's the NCO core that is our competitive advantage until China and Russia restructure their society in a way that our middle level, our first line leaders are capable of making decisions in real time on the battlefield. They're going to struggle to defeat the might of the American military machine. Everyone knows it, but they've got to restructure their society. And I was very disheartened. I had asked someone, I was doing something, it was a multi-day event, and I asked one of the senior, senior leaders how it was going. And he said, you know what? I think we spent way too much time doing it. We should be focused only on skills. And I was like, man, this is a a tough position because there's no study that I know of 
that says that focusing exclusively on skills gets the high-performing team that we're looking for, not one. The number one commonality in high-performing teams wasn't skill set. There are plenty of people that are capable skills-wise of doing the same position. It's the X factor, the externals that decide if we truly rise to meet our potential or not as a team and as individuals. There are so many factors outside of simple skill training that go into making the end result perfect, reaching our potential. And it blew me away that this was, and I, I asked them the same question over and over again over the course of several days, got the same answer every single time. And it's like, look, if you want to develop high-performing teams, you need communication, relationships, alignment, execution, capacity. If you focus only on execution, then there's a very high likelihood that you're not going to be aligned. You're not going to have, a, you're going to have duplication of efforts. You're going to have redundancies that you wouldn't want. You're going to have people that are competing with each other rather than collaborating with each other. If you don't have strong relationships, you'll never have significant, strong, rich, deep alignment. Without great communication, healthy communication, you'll never get those relationships. And so your capacity, your ability to grow and take on more will continually decrease over time. And that's what we're seeing. Several years ago, we had one-to-one -one dwell ratios. And what does that mean? It meant you were gone for six months. Before you got home, you knew your next deployment. And so what does that mean? Okay, well, we don't do that anymore. We're not sending a million people downrange anymore. Half of the force, a third of the force, if we're being generous, isn't deployed at any given moment. And yet all of us collectively still feel super saturated. We feel like we're surging. We're not. What would war feel like? It would feel really painful outside of the bodies that would be obviously piling up. If you think you're going to continue to meet your mission as is under the stress of deployments and war, you're fooling yourself. Capacity is diminishing across the force as far as I can tell. And when General Brown got into office, he briefed Congress, hey, we're not ready to fight tonight. I'm not convinced that that's changed, not based on the conversations that I'm having. I don't believe capacity is increasing across the force. And I link capacity with readiness. It's the exact same score. Are we ready to do? Can we fight tonight? Can we take on more? Can we take a hit? That's readiness. I don't believe that we're ready based on my external conversation. Thank you, Siri. Based on all of the external conversations that I have and the people that I talk to. And it terrifies me. And we think that we're going to focus on skill set and mission only and that that's going to free up capacity. It won't. It won't. Communication, relationships, alignment, execution, capacity. The health of our people matters. We're asking our high performers to do more and more and more. And then when the hard times come, we ask them to surge. The soldier is the army. The airman is the air force. And your senior military leaders are telling you our ability to win battles in the future will be defined by the people, not by the equipment. We love the A-10. What happens when it's not the key differentiator? I love the Spectre gunship, right? The C-130. When it flies, no base has ever fallen with a Spectre flying overhead. What happens when that's not true anymore? It's going to be men and women that win wars. If they're not resilient and highly capable, skills training doesn't take a back seat. It's a focus. And it's part of the equation. It's the execution piece. But we cannot forget that there's a human weapon system. And that that is now, more than ever before, our competitive advantage. And this is what I try to do, is to create and lead an army of coaches that are masters at optimizing the human weapon system. It's been a while. It's taken a long time for me to arrive at that final vision. This is where I want to partner with you. This is where I want to help you. I have so much frustration. Maybe I'll talk about it in a future episode, but I won't do it now. But I'm carrying a lot of frustrations. Let me help you optimize the human weapon system. One of the first steps, let's get to communicating through conflict, March 23rd. 
1300 Eastern Time, communicatingthroughconflict.com, communicatingthroughconflict.com, and let's get you and your team in tech class absolutely free. You just go sign up on the website. You'll get my email, tell you where to go, where to be, when to be there. Hope to see you there, communicatingthroughconflict.com. I hope that this inspires you to take action. Hope it motivates you. We got some real problems to face, but we're together. And so what can we not accomplish? We are the Army. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Military Sherpa Podcast with Mark Tilshire.